When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Your brain needs support. And new Ollie Brainy Chews are a delightful way to take care of your cognitive health. Made with scientifically backed ingredients like Thai ginger, L-theanine, and caffeine. Brainy Chews support healthy brain function and help you find your focus, stay chill, or get energized. Be kind to your mind and get these nootropic chews at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y dot These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. You're listening to The Gold Derby Show on The Gold Derby Podcast Network. Welcome back to Gold Derby. I'm Christopher Rosen. I'm joined by Joyce St. Joyce. We have so much to talk about including we saw the whale so we could talk about brendan frazier finally and there's a trailer for emancipation choice with will smith another trailer another trailer and another interview with will smith and antoine fuqua that vanity fair published where will answered a lot of questions but not anything about uh slapping chris rock but you're burying the lead here because we're starting with babylon joyce we saw it i think i just got out of the screening we're recording this on thursday morning at 10 30. And uh, the screening was yesterday afternoon. It's a very long um, Just like our entire day. Yeah. Literally our entire day. I, I was like, it started, the screening was set for one. It probably started at like 1.15 choice. We were in a, in a theater at the AMC Lincoln Square with the best and brightest of the film Twitter world. And then a lot of uh, uh, it was SAG a members. Screening. And yeah, a lot of actors. A, um, the, uh, the woman in front of me, she kept asking the people around me. We didn't sit together because like at SAG screenings, you just, it's every man for himself. Right. Right. So we saw each other from a distance. Yeah, I waved. I waved at you. Yeah. Yeah. I, I saw the back of your head. Um, yeah. But like, yeah, this woman in front of me, she just kept asking people around us, like, are you on the nomcom? Like, nomcom she, like, was Everyone big... just kept saying no because she yeah. just wanted to talk to someone on a nomcom. Yes. It was so. a lot of nom- nomcom. Nomcom was a lot of a buzzword. Nomcom. Mm-hmm. Are you nomcom? And I was like, no, I'm press. Yeah. Uh, and they were like, well, get the hell out of here. We don't want to talk to you. <laughs> and I was like, great. I'll just go sit over there on the aisle. Uh, there was, uh, you. Uh, we could talk about, so we're not allowed to review Babylon. We're allowed to give our impressions and obviously we'll talk about it, its status in the Oscar race. And I'll be, we have not talked about this. I'll be curious to see uh, what you think. Uh, but I will say I had a um, an, a young, a couple of young actors, I guess, behind me. And they were, uh, they were infatuated with the movie, it sounded like. They were very positive on it. There's a, the, the, and, and there's a opening, the opening scene is like a big, giant bacchanal uh you know kind of outrageous party and it ends after about 30 minutes with the title card and uh the guys behind me are like this is the greatest movie ever and i was like it's not, not wrong debaucherous uh bacchanalian antic yes. um, and then i know you were texting me and you said you had a an uh, i had my, my friend yes. uh in my aisle there was uh an older gentleman yeah uh, uh, I, he was a very, very feeble. We, everyone had to stand for him to get into right. that. He sat right in the middle. And before the movie started, he was talking to his friend and giving a lot of hot takes on other movies. Sure. Just, you know, fiery hot. And then, um, when the movie was over, like during the credits, he just said to his friend, that was disgusting. So, uh, that's, and, I think and then, wait, wait, the best part. So there was a Q and a after with yes. 
like the entire cast basically and Damien Chazelle and Jean Smart uh, was talking about a scene and in which in the background there are naked men so she was joking saying like oh when I realized that I told Damien well no one's gonna pay attention to me now and then Josh Horowitz the moderator was like well now when people rewatch the movie they'll look for that the naked men and then the older gentleman in my aisle was just like who's gonna sit through that twice and then I'm not even joking literally a minute later Q&A is not over he just gets up and leaves wow so uh yeah so so as maybe if you're watching this or listening to this you have uh, ascertained that the the movie is pretty polarizing I would say uh the response in LA I I don't know if there is a movie this year that has elicited such a wide array of reactions correct Uh, which I was expecting going in because we saw on Monday it screened in LA on Monday so the the cooler people in LA got to see it first and the responses were all over the map uh people saying it's a total mess and was a huge misfire and people saying it's amazing and then that was kind of like what I felt like the responses were from New York, though I think the New York people I've talked to were more positive on it seemingly than in LA, yeah. but I've talked to a lot of people who were not positive on it. Joyce, what did what did you think? I guess we can't review it, but I guess it's a, a the reviews are embargoed till further notice, Joyce. Until further notice, so like two days before it opens, basically. Sure, I guess. Um, like the winter solstice. Uh, but you could do uh, reactions. Yeah. So my the entire time I was watching it, I was like, this is such a Chris movie. That's it. <laughs> As we knew going in, it was like, this is a total Chris movie. It's not a Joyce movie because it's double the runtime of a Joyce movie. As we know, it's three hours and eight minutes. Yeah. Uh, But just completely wild. And it's, uh, it's not going to be everyone's cup of tea as we've just already described based on our neighbor's reactions in the theater. Correct. (laughs) Uh, Here was my, here was my takeaway. I would say it is a Chris movie. I definitely, uh, there was a many, many, many things that I thought were like, outrageously good uh, i just love so much of it. like a, a lot of yeah a lot of stuff i enjoy and then just like it's, it, it is it's overly long really it's, it's it's too long and then it's very ambitious and i respect that like it's a huge ass wing this is maximalist to the extreme like all caps maximalist yes. and i kind of respect that um but there's still elements where it's like it's like it the the runtime it it feels like there there is like a really solid movie in there like a really really great movie in there if you just kind of whittle it down and make it tighter so here were two things that i think damien Giselle said after the q a that i thought were like very applicable to the movie and i i agree with everything you said i enjoyed like this i did think it was so here's what i would say it's very long it's over three hours obviously but i've seen I was never, act- I felt the length and there's certain parts, there's a part, we're not going to spoil it. And obviously this is not a review, but I would say there's a part later in the movie, much later where Toby Maguire shows up. You've seen it. That was my trailer. favorite part. I love Toby. <laughs> so Toby Maguire himself is amazing. And he is like, it's howlingly funny. And I was just like, and he's terrifying and it's really great. He's so creepy and it's hilarious. And then oh. it devolves from there though, into like an extended like obvious metaphor for like Dante's Inferno basically and they like descend into hell and then there's like it's, and it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a very long detour from the main story detour is perfect and it, it is like if you've seen Boogie Nights it's absolutely like in if not a direct homage or intentionally so I would imagine it is because the whole movie is structured and feels like Boogie Nights at times uh is like the Alfred Molina scene in Boogie Nights basically mm-hmm. and that yes. kind of tension but it's in two different locations, whatever. But from that point through like 
there's there's an end and then there's like a little bit of an epilogue i was like there are more endings in this movie than in lord of the rings in that section i was like it's long but i will say this it's never boring and i was never boring and i think that's a plus so it's incredibly you're not not gonna forget you watched this movie (laughs) no it's incredibly watchable and i was like never like i honestly didn't even look at my watch except for right there towards the end because i was like this has to be ending and it was like four o'clock and i was like well i guess we got like another 20 minutes because there's still you know we also started like 15 minutes after like right well also that that another thing um my direct neighbor to my right yeah um so yeah like a lot a lot of endings a lot of parts where it seems like the movie could have and should have ended and then especially one very like tense scene and it feels like it's over but then it, it there's like a a short montage of things and then it's like the it goes into that epilogue like you mentioned right and the guy next to me when that happened was just like oh god <laughs> <laughs> so uh so yeah so definitely like i said incredibly long but i think it's like one of the, so these are three things I took away from the thing with Brad Pitt at the Q and A. Which we got to see Brad Pitt and Margot Robbie, all the famous. I mean, I've seen them before, so like. I never did. So I was like pretty impressed. <laughs> Josh Horowitz, way to go, buddy! I, I have a, like... a photo of Margot Robbie because I wore one of my Mighty Duck shirts. Uh, and she's a Mighty Ducks fan. That's so. great. I wore that uh, just for her. Brad Pitt was like, I read the script and I was like, this is great. What's going to get cut? Which is an LOL line and maybe like tells on the movie that even producer Brad Pitt, who's like made a lot of in- incredibly. Uh, popular movies as a producer it was like what's going to get cut out of this 180 page script and then the takeaway was Damien Chazelle was like nothing because I'm going to do a page a minute and it does fly like that like because the editing is so tight it's just is like a whirlwind uh movie even if it's incredibly long and like you're right there are parts they, I, I mean they say... didn't cut some things they didn't mention in our Q&A but they mentioned some cut things in the LA Q&A interesting that we can't mention since it'll it's I guess ask me about it. We can talk about this after because I'd be curious. There's a couple of things I would say from a storytelling perspective and not a review, but I was like, I was like a little, not muddy, but I was just unclear of like a certain leaps that are taken with a couple of characters. Yeah. Uh, And also, well, the original script is online. I have not read it. Um, Okay. Google and find it. Mostly my, 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 not an issue, but my thing was like mostly with the Manny character uh, played by Diego Calva. There was a couple of things where I was just like, where, how did we get from there to there? I guess. And I was like, maybe that could have been fleshed out a little more. The other things that they said in the Q and A was Damien Chazelle was like, uh, this is a love letter to movies and a hate letter to Hollywood. Which is a great elevator pitch. And it's a great, and it is the movie. And it's it very actually, accurate too. It yeah. is, he actually does get it. That, that is what it is. And it's like, it is basically the message of the movie is like, man, this industry sucks. And everybody is kind of going to be chewed up and spit out whether they want to or not. But the end result is movies. And is that worth it basically? And that kind of is the theme of all his movies. Like I rewatched Whiplash and I rewatched La La Land before went and see before watching Babylon. And it's like, those movies are really about like what costs, what's the cost of like being a creative person. And is that cost worth it? And like, I think in La La Land, it's a much more romanticized version of that. And you would say it is because like, these are two people who end up successfully in their career, but are maybe not going to connect in love, but they like respect that they were there for each other at a specific time. And Whiplash is deranged because there's like, uh, that is incredibly toxic relationship and these two uh, men who kind of hate each other are now elevating themselves and Babylon kind of like splits the difference I guess. Babylon is a much more um, 
like direct condemnation of like the the politicking of Hollywood yeah. and and all like the the red tape you go through and just like the the bullshit really yes. especially back back then with like you know that like when they're transitioning to talkies and then also you know like the Hayes code back then and all that stuff right so yeah this one he's much more in your face about um the 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 vilification of it but it is also very much a love letter <laughs> to movies and cinema and they how many times did they say did they say magic in it the magic I, of movies definitely a lot and it's definitely like magic. it's definitely the meme is definitely the movies by uh vin diesel right like i was surprised yeah. i actually wasn't in it at the end yeah and then there's like um there's like a, a scene with the uh, gene smart if she if she were to get in this would be her oscar club obviously but between her and brad pitt because she she plays like you know like a gossip columnist and she has this monologue it, basically explaining to him like you know movie stars you know you your your heyday could be short-lived but um like you you will always be immortal in movies like right. that's that's the magic and power of movies you know right. like you'll you'll die one day right. like you're not gonna be famous forever and but your die. movies your work will live on and people will discover it until the end of time right so that i think is really comes through the movie and i guess if you're an a non-fan of the movie you would say it comes through over and over and over and over and over again and maybe we could have had like one or two less uh underscores of that point the other thing that damien Gell said was and he said this of his cast which i kind of agreed with and the movie itself was he's like i made this and everybody in this is like we're never going to make another movie and i basically like just directed this and wrote this movie as if this is the last movie i'd ever make and i'm like Yes, it absolutely feels like that because there's yeah, every it's idea. It's completely maximalist. It's completely <laughs> maximalist. And I do, like you said, I really appreciate that. And that was one of the things like where I was like, oh, I definitely want to watch it again. I don't like, it wasn't a movie where I was like immediately like La La Land, I know you're not the biggest fan of, but I like love La La Land and we, I rewatched it and I'm like, full stop, fully in love with this movie. It's so good. And this movie, I was like not in love with on that level, but I was like, I absolutely want to watch it again. And it has like a lot of really good ideas. And it's kind of thing I think that free or detached from the award season uh, aspect of it would be like a movie that I think is like going to stand the test of time because people will always, will be fascinated by it and like what it's trying to do. Um, but I don't think you can yeah, always say it, that about like, every awards movie i guess yeah it's um the movie is exhausting just like nelly Leroy herself just yes. it takes a lot out of you so um so, so, you so, know they should have they should have put in an intermission just like how movies um back in the day had intermissions so. i actually thought that too i recently i saw rrr i think we mentioned this like a couple weeks ago and it, there's an intermission in that and i was like all these movies should have intermissions rrr is three hours just as long as babylon this is three hours and eight minutes yeah. but it's like it if you have an intermission it actually feels shorter because you have like a two-hour movie and then like a one-hour movie basically that's how rrr is kind of split off and this could have easily done that there's many points where you could have been like flashy intermission title i think you yeah. would have kind of gotten bonus points for that i don't know but well, it would have been fitting with like what it was, you know, doing the movie right. itself, like paying homage at that time. And um, yeah, I, I don't know. Like it's it it's it's going to have a lot of takes, this movie. Um, yeah, we've already seen a lot, Joyce. A lot of people. So we mentioned this a little bit. Uh, I think you, you kind of touched on this, but it's also, I would say, or the maybe your, your one of your seatmates said this. It's incredibly gross. Uh, it's yeah, that like, was the older gentleman. That was disgusting. So like 
the, I, I'm sure if you've seen the tweets, uh, you were very, very much excited about like, uh, there's a, the opening scene includes an elephant literally taking a huge dump on uh, two men. Um, elephant diarrhea. Yeah. Completely like, like exploding. Endless. It's not, it's not just like one. Like, no, it's like a Will Ferrell movie, a lot, yeah. or like a, it's like an SNL sketch. And there's uh, with the amount of poop, and then there's uh, projectile vomiting. There is a lot of projectile vomiting, a lot of urinating. Yes, golden showers. Uh, uh, a lot of cocaine. A lot of cocaine, but I was like, I, I people were definitely like pearl clutching that. I felt like a little bit. I'm just like, I don't care. I'm like, yeah, I were, don't care. People about were it. doing drugs all the time, and yeah. like people that didn't still really, do drugs now. Like, right. <laughs> Uh, that didn't really bother me, but uh, yeah, a lot of like bodily fluid. So like we said, like uh, there's uh, yeah, vomit, poop, uh, pee. Uh, I think that I think the thing is, it's not that like people are not used to any of these things. I guess you know you don't usually see an elephant taking a huge shit on your no, face or something. No. You know, can't say I've seen that before, Joyce. No, but I I think it's more that like um generally speaking people have this like idealized image of the 1920s just based on the movies that were produced back then and people seem a lot more proper but it's like no Hollywood has always been depraved behind the scenes and And this was also back in the silent era when there were just like no rules it was really when they transitioned to talkies that it became like oh my god like like people can hear us there's sound and not all of the silent film stars made that successful transition to talkies because like they would have quote unquote unsuitable voices right for sound which is covered in the movie as well yes but like you know in the silent era it's just like do whatever the hell you want right and it comes through in the movie and i would say like i guess the other thing i was thinking is like you like this is being positioned because of the the release date and obviously like when it like the way we live now that it's like an awards movie and i guess you just wouldn't imagine like an awards movie having like an snl style projectile vomiting scene uh in it that's ostensibly like a serious movie that that was i was wondering if people like brush up i found that like that scene that we're, uh, there's a scene where uh margot robbie is gonna projectile vomit i believe and uh, i found that scene pretty funny but i was like i wonder if people there were gonna, like, uh oh a lot of laughter i wouldn't say it was like hearty laughter but like definitely lols yeah it's it's funny but it's weird because it's like uh one of the people i spoke to who is not as big of a fan of it was like it's like you know is damien chazelle thought of as funny and he's doing funny stuff in the movie i i actually it worked for me i laughed a lot i thought there are a lot yeah, of there LOLs, are a lot of there are funny moments but i was like i could see people brushing up against that so joyce so uh award stuff I had Babylon a lot of places before we saw it. And I will say I took it out of one and I added it in like a couple others. So do you want to go through our most updated predictions here? Did you, did you put it at number one is the question. No, I have Fableman still number one. I had Babylon, I think at seven and I still have it at seven. Same. I haven't changed Best Picture. So I've moved stuff around in Best Picture and I've actually added and subtracted one thing and added something but not because of babylon just so for you want to i'll just let's do babylon then we can come back to that but i was like i think we've seen this before like certainly like it reminded the responses reminded me a little bit of like don't look up or it's an incredible yeah, it reminded me a lot of don't look up and vice just yes. kind of not polarizing to those extremes where those two movies had a lot of a lot of hate and yes. a lot of passionate love too and i don't think this will be the response to that would be that polarized, but I think it's still divisive in that way. Yes. But I think that's good for it too. 
Me too. And I think that's why it will get into best picture, but I don't know if it could win. That that would be my take. I don't really see that. I think just based on our our two our our seatmates, our different experiences. Yes. But is- I, I I feel like absolutely could get in for best picture, which I've had it in and nothing changed my mind there. So that was it. The one thing I we don't have to sidetrack on this. I dropped tar. We could talk about this later. And I put Avatar in, actually, because I'm like back you on have both of them in. I have Tar and Avatar. Well, I have she said still. I'm gonna ride that one into the ground. Uh, for for director choice, I had Damien Chazelle in, and I still have Damien Chazelle in for Babylon. I I don't know what to do with him because I've thought about dropping him even before Babylon. Right. Um, but my other issue is like I don't know who I would replace him with because I have a lot of options. Right. Um. So I feel like maybe I'll just stick with him until I figure out who I want to replace him with because I don't really know if I want to drop my other four. Like I'm not dropping Spielberg. What do you have? Um, right I have the Daniels. Yeah, I have Todd Field, who I could also drop, um, and Sarah Polly, who is more of a hope diction. Like I'm not really sure how solid she is. I think the only we've discussed this before. I think the only person here who is locked is Steven Spielberg. I agree. Before I saw Babylon, I was actually going to drop Chazelle as well, and then because I wanted to put James Cameron in for Avatar. And now I put James Cameron in over Todd Field. And I kept Sarah Polly. And, and like you said, I think it's a hope diction a little bit because I don't feel like there's any buzz on women talking right now. It obviously hasn't come out yet. And they're going to ramp up probably around after Thanksgiving. But I'm just like a little nervous about that, I guess. Breaking through. Yeah, I, I don't know. I, I can see. I mean, I don't have Martin McDonough, who I would personally no. nominate. I would, I would put him in too, but I did not. I took him out actually for because i kept giselle basically uh i would say it's like like we said it's the most movie and i think the directing in the movie is unbelievable there's so many sequences that i just was like blown away by and the filmmaking is awesome and so like i think he will get in as a past winner i feel like the like the branch will appreciate the work I, i feel but i guess we'll see even though it's very long yeah i i don't know it's it's hard to say like how they feel about him like overall I mean I get the director's fan specifically but like overall because like Whiplash did well um and obviously La La Land but then you know First Man which I enjoyed was just a total flop like they did not care about that right at all so that was a weird year because he had First Man and Beale Street and both those movies I think are great and I actually think Beale Street is better than Moonlight and neither one of those movies took off took off Uh, I guess that's a bad pun. Yikes. <laughs> uh, so anyway, I kept Giselle in. I have Spielberg still winning. Nothing has changed at the top of my yeah, list. Yeah, I might just move him down a little bit because I had him in second. So okay. maybe I'll just move him down. I, don't I have know. him in fourth, Giselle. I think he'd be like- I think that's um, fair. I Yeah, him. like I can see him having a lot of fans. Um, but There's just so many scenes where I was just like, how did they do this kind of? And it's like not cheating like- he literally has like 400 extras in a scene. You know what I mean? It's like, you don't really see that anymore. There, he's he's shooting a movie of a movie. Right. And it's just, it's like incredible. The, the gumption to do it. And the idea that they gave him the money to do it is just fascinating to me. I can't, especially Paramount, which is like kind of circling the wagons on what they're even doing anymore. Right. With like movies and like all these studios. That's the other thing. He's like made this big studio movie at a time when like our director is going to get the chance to, burn this money anymore basically i don't know yeah um 
I mean, it'll also be interesting to see how this does at the box office. I mean, good lord, I don't even want to hazard a guess, but I would say not great, uh, based on the length no. and so. subject matter. Uh, for actors choice, here's one where I did make a change. I had uh, I put Margot Robbie in. I have my top four, and I had Jennifer Lawrence in fifth, and now I've moved her out for Margot Robbie. I was I knew, uh, really, I knew you were gonna do this. I knew it. I mean, like very predictable obviously she's awesome she is like so good and it's just a full-blown insane performance i thought everything she does is just like fucking wild basically (laughs) for lack of a better phrase i just like was so it was very much it's the and the other thing is joyce i felt like it's the only performance like it in the field right like none of the other actresses as good as all these are are going to the lengths that she is so I think that would get her in over like Viola Davis or Jennifer Lawrence or Olivia Colman. I, I have not, I did not change anyone there. Okay. So I still have my same. Um, <laughs> I think she, she can get in and it's, yeah, it's the character. It's like I said, very exhausting. Um, uh, but Margot is balls to the wall. It's just, this. Yeah. and <laughs> it's, it's a lot. It's this movie is just too much movie. It's the most movie. It's the most, uh, movie. it's the most movie to end all most movies. It's basically um, like her Wolf of Wall Street performance plus I, Tanya to me. But like even more so, like it's, <laughs> it's just like there, there's a lot happening. Yeah. Um. But like, yeah, her, she gets, she gets a lot to do. And then because like, you know, she's, her character is obviously an actress. So there are uh, numerous scenes where she just does take after take of something. It's um, awesome. It's like, that's really cool. <laughs> yeah and so i mean you could also be like is you know is is that just like a function of the editing you know like what what she does in those scenes or whatever but like no she is really entertaining in it and i can see her getting in i don't think she is competitive for the win no no like i would just if i put her in i would put her in the fifth slot i have her in the fifth slot yes yeah the performance i josh horowitz actually mentioned this at the q a in reference to one of the scenes it is and it was. It does feel like Leo and Wolf of Wall Street. I mean, um, he told Leo her to send a, that scene to Leo. <laughs> one, Leo and Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. I think there's a really very. There, she's obviously much more manic, but it is very similar in a lot of the a couple of the scenes. I feel like so Leo got in right, and I feel like she could also. Yeah, it's. Um, I don't know. I mean, like that. If you assume like the top four are safe, like I that last slot, I can see going to her or Viola or Olivia. Yeah. Um, and then you know there's still Naomi Aki to come. Right. So I, we this remains an incredibly competitive category. Um, and like... remember when um after Michelle Williams moved to lead and there was a campaign on film Twitter to get Margot in supporting. I was thinking of that during the movie because I was like, she's in almost every scene and then she kind of disappears toward the end. But I was just like, she is so far and away the lead of this movie. Yeah. It's like hilarious that anybody ever thought she'd be supporting. I can't even imagine that that was- Well, I think it was more that like, oh, Michelle is infiltrating the lead field. So we want to get Margot a win. And I will say like the other thing, not to sidetrack on Best Actress, but I was like, I'm every day I'm inching closer to just putting Michelle Williams in first for Best Actress. Remember when you asked me if she would even get into lead? Yeah. Now I'm like, she's going to win. Look at you now. Yeah. (laughs) I think she might win uh, for sure. I have her in second still. Uh, For best actor, Joyce, I did not change anything. But I will say 
I love Diego Calva in the movie. I'd not seen him in anything else, obviously, because I'm not as much of a cineast as maybe I should be. So for me, it was like the first experience of him as a performer. Boy, he rules. I just like loved him. He's so captivating, very charismatic. The character, like I said, I had some questions about, but his performance is awesome. I could see him getting in because like we said, this is a very... uh, like, like short amount a, a small a short soft category choice what would you say i don't even know but uh i don't have him in but i could see him getting in but i kept tom cruise in my fifth spot um i enjoyed him a lot too it's the yeah, performance um he so like he's basically like manny is basically just like the straight man um so he does a lot of reacting to things he doesn't get as much crazy things to do as margo or even brad mm-hmm. um and but no he's he's very capable and he has um a lot of the scenes even like the reactions demand a lot out of him like he has a lot of very intense um moments in yeah. the movie with opposite other people so um yeah it's a great performance i i think he's fine for the globe nomination yeah um i did not do anything to my best actor lineup again just like in best actress i think anyone could get into that fifth slot yeah um but for completely different reasons yes uh (laughs) the thing i would say too is i was like if paramount ever ever pulls the cord on like deciding to remake the godfather i think he would play michael like he felt like a young pacino and like the character honestly a couple of times i was just like they're making it like i think she's always mentioned the godfather as like one of the many obvious inspirations to the movie and i was just like man he's like literally like they have him like corrupting like pacino in the godfather 2 but it's like godfather and godfather 2 in the same movie basically i'd say but he's really good he's really quite good but i don't have him in yet i could see that changing i guess if i was if people start really rallying around the movie and his performance i mean he could get in like yeah it would he would need a lot more like support to just like build that momentum as also a quote-unquote newcomer right you know uh for supporting actress choice i did make a change here for babylon i put gene smart in uh she you mentioned it she has the one scene but man that is a great scene she's so good and i don't know if she could get in on the one scene i mean she's in it more than the one scene but that is like the top but that line. is her, that that would be her oscar clip. that would be her oscar clip and like the reason she gets in because of that it's not like a one scene performance like judd hirsch in fableman she's in it like a decent amount but I just thought she was so good. And I definitely could see myself moving her out, uh, you know, a week or two from now because of the the glow of Babylon has dissipated and I'm always going to go to the next new shiny person. Uh, but I just thought she was great. And I think if the industry is primed to celebrate Jean Smart, then this is not a better chance they will have to do it. So that's why I put her in. Um, I, I'll just say right now, I didn't do any changes. <laughs> so I did not change supporting actors. I, I enjoyed Jean a lot, um, too. And yeah, that was a great scene. Um, I think they, I think in the original script, she had more scenes with Margot, um, that hmm. were cut. Interesting. Um, because she's, she is a, a journalist and she writes for Photoplay. Right. Um, and I I don't know. I feel like maybe if the movie were shorter, I would feel more confident in her. But I feel like even though she does have that really great scene, it's the movie is so long and it's so late in the movie that it kind of gets lost in how 
insane the movie is as a whole. Yeah. <laughs> not wrong. You know? Not wrong. Uh, but yeah, so I don't I know. Don't I, I, I put it, I just think I'm like, I don't know. The Academy's not super sentimental and like, she's definitely more of a TV star than a movie star. So right? who did you drop for her? So I've made a lot of change in that category. I actually put Hong Chow in two for The Whale, which we saw this week and we'll talk about afterwards. I've, I've always had her in, so... And then I have Jesse Buckley, Jamie Lee Curtis, and Carrie Mulligan. I dropped Claire Foy, and I dropped... Uh, Interesting. And I dropped Carrie Condon. Wow, rude. So I dropped Claire Foy because I'm nervous about the women talking in general. And I just am like, I just, it's so quiet. And I don't think it could support... The popularity of the movie cannot support two acting nominations in the same category especially when there are so many other options. This is the category that we've talked about. Has this like, is the most unsettled category. And yeah. Um, so, and then Carrie Condon, I dropped, even though I love her in Banshees and I would have her in, I guess if I put whole Jean back out, I just, am like, if you're putting Jean Smart versus Carrie Condon on this, like if I, at least for me, it was, I was like, I think Jean would get in based on name recognition and the bigness of the movie and the performance and while Carrie is amazing and like, I love her in the movie, she's still like relatively unknown for most people, but maybe the the international part of the Academy would support her further and push her through. I have, I would have her in sixth, I guess at the moment, but that's who I dropped. Um, I don't know if I would ever drop Carrie. <laughs> right. So, I mean, logically I should have dropped like Carrie Mulligan, I guess, but I'm not, I'm going to go down with that ship. Tamper, she said. I am. I'm going to go down with that ship. So maybe I'll drop Carrie Mulligan and put Carrie Condon in. And there you go. Um, yeah, no, I, I feel, I mean, I have Carrie in fourth, um, but I feel pretty good about her. I mean, this could obviously change in like a month, but I think like, if you watch Banshees, I think she is, um, if not your favorite, like like definitely top two of like the four, the quartet yeah. of like performances in there. So I feel like it's, it's just kind of hard to ignore. And then she also doesn't have like the, the internal competition issue that Barry and Brendan have either. Right. And the category is so open. So, and I feel like that, that is a stronger movie than um some of these other ones in here yeah too. no so i think that's fair i wouldn't I, drop her okay i mean but i don't yeah i don't have gene smart i just like it's i i don't i don't so i'll just say right now i didn't put babylon into any acting categories so okay so i did i did one more yeah. i'll do that next that's it <laughs> uh so then for supporting actor choice i did put brad in because uh first of all he is almost a co-lead i'm not surprised that there was the the discussion that he would be lead. Uh, well, he's, in... he's also the most famous person in there. Well, he's the most famous person in there and he's like in it a lot more. I Honestly, he was in it a lot more than I expected. Like he is like definitely. Really? Yeah, he was. What did you I... expect him like to I do? expected more like the Gene kind of thing because I figured it would be Margot Robbie and, and Diego Calva, but I guess I should have expected a, a 186 minute movie would have a lot of room for Brad. But did you not know he was playing like this film star? I knew he was playing like, he's playing like a, a silent film star who like has a difficult transition to the talkies, but I just figured that would be like a smaller part of the story because it felt like it was definitely going to be more focused on Margot Robbie and then like Manny, the Diego Calva character. But no, Brad's in it a ton and I understand he's incredibly fraught uh, at the moment. 
And I just thought his performance was awesome. And I think he, it felt at times, I mean, it's a commentary, more of a commentary on his own career than even like Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. It did, it did feel like that. And I think that could go a long way to getting him in, but I have him in fifth and I could easily knock him out. There's another category where there's a lot of competition, but I just thought he was, I don't know. He was in it more than I expected. He was better than I expected. I just think it's like a really good Brad Pitt performance. I, I liked him a lot too. Um, he, I would say, I mean, Toby was my favorite. I just love Toby so much, but he's Toby's, not, he's not getting in. No, but he's Toby amazing. Toby also got the and credit in the credits, and I was like, my guy. Toby's amazing. I love him so, so much. Good. And then also last, you know, what was on TV last night. Spider Man oh. No Way Home. Oh. I got double Toby last night. Wow. Um, but yeah, I I would say Brad was probably my second favorite performance in the movie. Um, I had him in for a while, but I dropped him a couple weeks ago and I have not put him back in. So, so the, yeah. in our odds, Ben Wishaw would be an easy in. I still don't have him in. I don't know if you do either. I have him in. Oh, you do. Okay. Yes. I thought you took him out and then I, I took him out in like September, but then I put him back in only because I didn't feel comfortable having double Fablemans and double Banshees. Right. And then Barry Keoghan would be next and then Brad. So he's, and then Brian Tyree Henry, who I actually took out to put Brad in and then Eddie Redmayne, who I thought about putting back in, but I just have no room for him. Uh, I obviously, like I said, there's a lot of reason why Brad Pitt would not get nominated for this. Um, but I think he very easily could also get nominated for this. And the fact that he's a lead to me or close to a lead give him a leg up on some of these other people in the category i i think he's still like supporting like i think their designations are fine i think it will be more it will be actual category fraud if they actually ran him lead and diego supporting so Um, absolutely that's true and i'm not saying it's category fraud but all these supporting like that i just mentioned i feel like he's got the most performance well yeah it's the most movie right so i'm like that i think could help him compared to like a Ben Wishaw or a Barry Keoghan, both of whom I really Listen, like. every actor in Babylon will have the most of anything in right. like if they get in. So. Right. <laughs> and this could be, a again, like we said, it's an incredibly polarizing movie and people might just be like, I'm not doing this. And like, I could get no acting nominations like you have. But I do think those are the three that I felt were- Yeah, I think they're all viable. viable. And I would have them all in like, in my head and like six or seven right you know i'm not like even though i don't have them in my top five right now like i can easily see them all getting in and that would not that should not be surprising um i i just don't think right now like any of them are competitive to win um no way i i agree with that (laughs) yeah no way um i mean like i i think like the floor for this movie would be just text and best picture. Yes. And then it could, I don't think it, it would max out. Cause I don't think it would be like La La Land in that way, which is a lot more, it's more of a consensus movie. This is for sure. not, but it could definitely get uh high figures, like maybe close to 10. I wouldn't say 10, but like it, it could definitely get above the line nominations, not yes. just below the line. So, so if we move to below the line, we'll count. Do you, you want to count screenplays below the line, right? Or no? Screenplays above. Well, screenplays above the line. So I don't have it in for screenplay. I had I had I, it in there. 
and have I have not had it in screenplay, so that has not changed. So I had it in there in fifth, and I bumped it out. And I have After Sun in now because I think original screenplay is pretty weak beyond the top four. So I have Fablemans, Banshees, Everything Everywhere, Tar, and After Sun. I still have Triangle of Sadness, which you hate. So <laughs> I don't hate it. I just haven't seen it. And also, like, no one seems to talk about it anymore. I don't know. I'm just like the movie is kind of no, well. People people talk about it about Dolly. Yeah, we got an email about that, Joyce. When we do when we do listener emails. I won't read this one, but somebody was like, "Why are we ignoring Dolly DeLeon for a supporting actress?" We talked about her before. We talked about her, but we don't have her in. And I guess this person was upset that we don't. Sorry. I mean, uh, you they, you could go ahead and predict her. So I don't think I'm going to. predict I can't her. predict everybody. <laughs> no, I know that's the thing. Like you can't predict everybody, right? Like I mean, how are you supposed to do it? But uh, yeah, that was from John who wrote, "Big mistake, huge." So I appreciate the uh, Pretty Woman reference, but... Is this for about, like, Ticket to Paradise 2? So. No, it was for Dolly DeLeon. Is she in Ticket to Paradise 2? Paradise, mm. yeah. Uh, so no for having a moment, because that's that's been doing really well, the, the BO, so... Uh, cinematography, I had it in, and I actually moved it to the top, Babylon. I was like, this rules? <laughs> Lena Sandgren, you crazy for this one, bro. That was, like, just unhinged stuff. It's so good. <laughs> Um, I did not put it in there. I still have uh, my Emancipation. So you don't have it in, you have Emancipation, which we'll talk about the the trailer and the black and white photography or color desaturated photography of Robert Richardson. Uh, I just love the cinematography in Babylon, but I was like, I knew I would like based on the trailer. And, and so I have had it in, I think I had it in second. Now I moved it up to first. Uh, costume design, I had it in, still have it in. I don't have it winning, but it's there. Yeah, like I, I didn't, I kept it in all my below the line stuff like all so did, here's one where i would say like this is fraud and maybe i had it in editing and i kept it in editing i i have it in editing okay because it, it has the most editing <laughs> it has the most editing and while sometimes the three the length is a demerit like i still can't believe that like Thelma shoemaker wasn't nominated for wolf of wall street which i think is like the best edited movie even more so than like goodfellas and her other oh, you know her other nominations and wins uh, Irishman got in, and I would say, you know, not as, not as crisp has, on that. This has a lot of editing, and then also the, 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 the last scene, there is a montage that is so silly, but I, uh, it has it has the most editing and the most music. I'm gonna read. I want to read David Ehrlich. I think for our 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 who works at IndieWire, which uh, we are sister sites with. Let me look. He had a. He had a funny uh, tweet about the ending, which I really liked. And I liked the ending, uh, but he was like, uh, the ending is so galaxy brain, silly, dumb. I simply refuse not to love it. And I was just like, it's it, the, I was, I was laughing. It, it was, was, it's <laughs> awesome though. I was like, it's a huge, like, what is this? It's a huge swing. Uh, I really liked it. And I think the editing will, will get in. Listen, again, I, I didn't hate it. I was just like, wow. All like, of these people were mentioning were like nominees or winners before. So Lena Sangren won for yeah. He just he just worked with his, his yeah. Team. Tom Cross, the editor, he won for for Whiplash. Didn't win for La La Land. And then production design, I have it in and I kept it in. Yep, uh, great sets, beautiful sets. And score, I had it in and kept it in. That um, I did not have that uh, in score. Justin Hurwitz. Um, but I can see him getting in. It's a it's a very jazzy score, so kind of you know reminiscent of La La Land too. Um, but lot, also like a, the quieter, 
music is is also really good um i don't know they snubbed them for first man they snubbed them first man and the first man score is awesome and like very listenable this is like la la land part two the score the one a couple of the themes are actually like the same or in in similar uh notes and seemingly or as the la la land uh music and then there's also again it's like everything else in the movie it's just way bigger and like more so yeah i, I think um, it'll get in i was like i really like this tracks last week i think so you could listen yeah. to those yeah i did listen to it last night when i got home at four in the morning from seeing babylon uh <laughs> and that's it that's all we could predict right now um but yeah i don't know i have i think like I expected it would be a movie that gets a lot of nominations and doesn't really win a lot. And I, yeah, you know, it, it, it kind of feels like a, like American hustle, um, Irishman, like Irishman. Yeah. Yeah. Gangs in New York. Absolutely. I think it's, and it, I think it's a movie, like we're saying, I think, at least I think this, that it would stand, it will stand up beyond award season, even if it doesn't do well, it doesn't do well with the wins in award season. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, like I think it's, it's it's legacy whatever it will be will outlast this yes. awards season absolutely and it's again it is not boring no it's, and it's, it's not nuts. forgettable no it's absolutely nuts and i think it'll be people cool. are gonna talk about this movie so I, that's the thing i was like i already was like arguing with a couple of my friends who did not like it and i was like I really like talking about this movie. It's a fun movie to talk about and argue about. And I think that'll make it like a interesting thing. I mean, it's already going to, it'll easily be like the Oscar villain, right? Like. I, I mean, like maybe on like film Twitter, but yeah. I like, I, I can see like the industry just, I mean, I could see just a completely varied, like list of reactions from the industry too like and see people like being really into it yeah. and then others being like this is like denigrating our business right. our industry right like or that like, man this is disgusting that you this have is disgusting uh joyce i'd love to know what that person thought of the whale which also uh, uh has... that was not one of the movies that he mentioned before babylon started he mentioned several other movies um uh, but not the whale so we saw the whale on monday and uh before the whale i had uh austin i think i had moved brendan briefly into first but i've had austin butler there for most of the year and then colin and then brendan and i still have austin butler colin and brendan now in my my top three best actor and uh the only thing i really changed after seeing the whale was putting hong chow in because I think she could be an easy coattail and she's definitely like the got the most uh, media scenes, I guess, opposite Brendan in the movie. Um, I would say she's the most relatable character. Right. Because she she's his nurse, like only friend too. Um, yes. Who takes care of him and she's kind of just like she vocalizes what I, I would think a lot of the audience would be feeling and thinking like you need to go to hospital why don't you go to hospital right. and she also provides a lot of exposition for the audience as well yes so yeah I, I've always had her in so I've had her and Brendan in so I put her in obviously Brendan I think and I think my takeaway in the movie Joyce or the performance is I'm really happy for Brendan Fraser and he does a really good job in the movie and it's an irresistible like comeback story that I think will get him an easy nomination. And I'm not surprised people have him winning. 
But I think yeah. based on the strength of the movie itself, that could be a tougher task than maybe people think at the moment. Because I think Banshees and Elvis will be higher nomination total movies. Do you have Elvis in Best Picture? Yes. Okay. And not The Whale? No. And nothing changed that watching The Whale. Yeah, no, that didn't change for me either. Although I can definitely see The Whale getting into Best Picture. I think this is another one that's going to be polarizing. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, we all we already saw that based from like the, the festival reactions. Yes. And how it was a... It leaned more negative at, at Venice, but at, at TIFF, it was uh, more positive. Um, and TIFF is a lot more, uh, it's broader, um, the the audience there. I think so. if the whale is going to get into Best Picture, they would have to, do we continue to do a full court press on actually event in-person screenings with him there? Because I think there is a, I don't know what it is. It's like a a vibe around him and that, when you like it is he's like brightening up the rooms and so yeah, like, it's like everyone like i love brendan fraser like yeah and i think everyone i don't think there is a single person who is not happy for him right right so i think it definitely helps when and he is willing to campaign like he he's on the cover gq yesterday yes an- another one um and he's talking about like how he's going for it he's he's just yeah. like jamie lee curtis yeah. you know not gonna be coy um and I, yeah, I think everyone is happy for him. Um, and like, it is the comeback narrative. And I think it does help, especially if you have like uh, reservations about the movie to hear him talk about it afterwards, if they, if he is going to do like every single like screening Q&A after. And I think that's also like, you know, like a lot of people, voters get starstruck. And we, so many, so many people yesterday just went up to get selfies with the cast of Babylon. Oh my God. <laughs> Just like descended on them, <laughs> like no masks. <laughs> no. <laughs> um, you know, got gotta get that selfie for the gram. So. Oh my god. Yeah, they uh, just want to be around celebs and like see and talk and like hear about them talk about their craft and everything. So. I, I would say like the whale. I think a lot of the res- the critical negative critical response was about it being problematic. I didn't get that watching it as much, but I was like, I think having him be the spokesperson, like he, like he put a lot of care and thought into the performance and you could Mm -hmm. tell and respect into the role and to the character. And I think that would go a long way of like alleviating people's concerns if they were about like it being a mockery or like kind of like an ugly problematic thing, because he obviously cared so much about what he was doing. And it's, you know, I mean, he's a, it's a really, good performance and like obviously ticks off a lot of boxes i I, i'm like i don't know if austin butler could win because i just feel like while i think elvis will be really strong as a contender and i have in for best picture i'm almost like are they like with everything that's going on like industry-wise like warner brothers discovery where they're kind of i don't know they're, they're just you know not as not as muscular as they have been in the past will they have enough wherewithal to to make sure that he is being re-promoted here as it's movies I mean, pretty I think old. It's fine for a nomination. Like right. it's fine. Like whether he can win, that's a different story. Right. Um and then but... Colin, obviously, like you said, I think previously, like he he won Best Actor at Venice over Brendan, where Brendan got like a 15 minute standing ovation. Mm-hmm. And I think if I was gonna pick somebody in the end to win 
over Brendan, even though I have Austin in first at the moment, I would say maybe Colin actually does win. I could easily see yeah, that. Yeah, Colin would be my personal <clears throat> pick. And I he still has a path to do it. Yeah. Um, but I'm not going to predict him right now. And I also don't like predicting my favorites. So, right. Because it, it's partially hope dicting. And then there's just, you know, my favorites never win anyway. Right. Um, but there's also just a lot of other factors that go into this besides just whatever you like the most and like i'm not a voter so it doesn't matter who cares what i think um and but yeah i still have colin and third i mean like those are the top three definitely the top three and like i like brendan is still in first right i think he's like is he like way out in front i think he is let me let me look here hang on uh i gotta reopen a window joyce i'm sorry here we go let's um and our combined odds let's see yeah, like I, I like like on paper, even before anyone saw a frame of the whale, you know, he was being heavily predicted. And I think, you know, I think sometimes people um, predict or react to a role more so than the performance. Yes. Definitely. This is one of those where I was like, you don't even have to like, if people are going to be swept up in the, in the Frasier songs and he is winning by a large mark, like he, he, he yeah. is like, like a, lar- yeah. a large, a large Twitter were Academy voters. He would win like landslide. And you don't even like, it's one of those where just like, yeah, like it's just, people are going to be like, I'm just going to pick, even if you don't even watch, you know, it's like, I mean, people watch the movie. We hope. This is definitely one of those where people just be like, I love Brendan Fraser and I love the story and I know he's good in the movie because everybody says he's good. I got it. I'll vote for him. You know, that kind of thing I could see for for less engaged voters, maybe. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, he got a lot of, again, another round of positive press yesterday when yes. all, all the pickups, all the aggregates about um, his quote from his follow up GQ cover now in which he says he's not going to attend the Globes. Right. And he Um, will be nominated and probably will win. It's it's interesting now because it it really puts the HFPA as a whole, not individually, but like as a whole in a I I don't know what's the word, like just like a complicated position for them. You know, because now it's I mean, I think whether he wins or loses, it's it's a win for him either way. Like he, I mean, obviously, like anyone who doesn't know, um, like four years ago in another GQ cover story, he said Philip Burke, uh, a HFPA member, groped him uh, at a Globes event in 2003. And then the Globes did not handle this press well. They did not apologize. They said they like investigated it, um, but said like uh, Philip Burke just did it as a joke, which is, no, not the proper response. So they right. never apologize. And he says in the new GQ uh, cover yesterday that they still haven't apologized. So he's not going to go. It's also funny because was it, it was like last month or a couple of weeks ago when he and Darren Aronofsky were on the cover. Was it Variety? Mm-hmm. Or THR? Yeah. And then they asked him if he was going to go to Globes. And he said, like, I haven't decided yet. Ask me later. And like when I read that last month, I was like, he's definitely going to do another GQ cover because <laughs> that's where like, you know, it originally yeah. broke. Um, yeah. So he did. Um, but yeah, so like, you know, it, he is totally within his right and I completely respect him for not going 
and standing his ground. But now I think whatever happens, there's still, it's going to court another round of press and like the onus is on the globes. But then it's like, if, if he wins, then you could be cynical and be like, oh, they're just trying to be remorseful and atone for past sins. Did he really deserve it? Did he really like the performance? And then, but if he loses and someone else wins, then it's like, oh, they're being petty because he's right. not coming. To it's the a punitive, show. right? Because he didn't yeah. come. Uh, it's definitely very, uh, I don't envy that position at all, but I would say he probably will win, honestly, I think. And yeah. I would not be surprised if he wins the Oscar uh, in the end uh, for best actor. And I think it is an irresistible story. Now, we've seen like narrative swap narrative slop i guess the, the most recent one i would say and it's a different kind of thing obviously for because of the circumstances but i would go back to like chadwick boseman and anthony hopkins and that's what this could kind of remind me of from a colin farrell brendan fraser standpoint not to make it an apples and apples comparison obviously because they're way different uh but it definitely feels like that kind of vibe where there is a clear uh narrative and a support online for one of these people and while everybody loves colin farrell which i think everybody loves anthony hopkins they're not expected to necessarily win yeah and they were also the season-long front runner right was winning almost everything right Um, so yeah i mean we'll see i i think Hong Chao, I definitely think will get nominated. I don't have it in for screenplay, adapted screenplay. I don't have it in really anywhere else. So I have Brendan and Hong and uh, the that's it really, I guess. Do you think Hong can win? No, I don't. I don't think the movie will be strong enough. And I think there are just... It'll be so weird if she wins and he doesn't. <laughs> that'll be strange. And like that is an open category, but I feel like I don't think she would win. No. I mean, it would not totally shock me, but I don't think she would. I think it'll get, like, obviously get a makeup nomination. And it could even get visual effects. I mean, depending on how much they say, like, how much of it is visual effects versus how much of it is makeup and prosthetics. It seems like a lot of it is just makeup and prosthetics. But that is, like, you know, obviously, I think it will get in there and it could probably win there. In visual effects? No, in, in hair makeup. Yeah, hair and makeup, yeah. Um, and then, like, he could win. I mean, it would be, like, Isaac Well, that would be, Finn. like, the best actress route. Yeah. Because it'd be, like, I think that's that's the most believable way to do this. And then, like, Hong and supporting and no And no best picture? I don't um, think so. I just was, first, like... Versus Jeff Bridges? I don't think so. Because I was just, like... A, I think there are bigger movies, like, like louder movies to be in this. And then I just think... You know, we kind of said it's a, it's an adaptation of a play, and I don't feel it makes any bones about being an adaptation of a play. It's not like expanding it really at all. They're all in one set, and it does feel more like people dinged women talking for this, even though it's like not a play. Yeah, like I was like, about. I was kind of, I was like dying the whole time because like it's, I don't have any issues with it being all set in this apartment. It's completely no. fine. I do not care at all. Right, but it's just so hilarious that everyone was coming for women talking. Yes as quote-unquote just woman talking in a barn um which is not that at all like there are a lot more scenes outside of a barn and women talking that there are scenes outside of his apartment and the whale again i don't care that it's all set in his apartment um it makes sense for the movie it's supposed to be suffocating like that of course but it's like we know why everyone was using that to take down women talking we know why and and the whale is much more stagey i would say in that aspect like it just feels at, at times and i i mean 
again, because of the storytelling, it often, there are times in scenes where I was like, it, it literally feels like a filmed play. Yeah, I mean, like, it's it's supposed to be like that. And it's, um, I I think I'm more um, positive on its best picture chances than you are. Like, I can definitely see it getting in because it's still open with the solid 10. I would say if it wasn't a solid 10, I would be like, maybe not. Yeah. But it's yeah. still open down there. Sure. And I can see, I like, I, the people who, who love this movie don't just love it because of Brendan. I think it's, it it is very emotional yeah and i think like there are things that happen like he's trying to reconcile with his daughter uh sadie sink and i think a lot of people um either relate or respond to that part of it mm -hmm. you know and and yeah there's a lot of sympathy and empathy for his character so right. I I can see it playing well with that crowd. I mean, I don't. Yeah, I could I could see that too. I guess the other thing I was looking at, especially at the bottom, I was trying to think of when I'm like, and this is kind of one of the reasons why I knocked Tar out of my best picture list. I guess we could do best picture before we go into Emancipation trailer, which we're gonna do next. But I was like, I don't like I don't have the whale getting in a lot of other places besides what we mentioned, but something like avatar to me could get in more places. So I was like, from a tech standpoint, and obviously like best picture is the whole Academy. So I was like, maybe the whale will have some large support, but not as many of the branches being head over heels about it. as like some of these other movies. Okay. So then you took out tar. Why? <laughs> so I took out Tar because of the same kind of thing. I really don't think, I mean, I don't have it in for director. I have Caden, obviously, and then I put it in for a screenplay, but I don't think a lot of the below the line stuff will get it in. And it does seem much more polarizing, I think, than critics maybe expected. Like you were saying, I think one of the people you were uh, you're, you were overhearing was not a fan. Um, he, it was, it was the older gentleman. He, no, he, he loved Kate, but he, um, thought, he he didn't know what did he say he he didn't he didn't think it was about anything and the right. person and he was talking to had not seen it yet and was like isn't it about like wolf culture and stuff yeah. so the the older gentleman just did not understand the movie and yeah. i get the sense just from again this is completely anecdotal and not a lot of people but i'm like i think older audiences while it felt like a movie when i saw it that i was like oh man you know he's gonna love this old people because it's like uh just seemingly like set in a world of like classical music that I imagine old people like, I don't know. And then like, you know, like arty stuff and this and that, but I feel like people are like the the movie doesn't is not telling you what to think. And I think, well, yeah, um, like we've talked about this before. Like people are not. So that's why not figure it out, but you're supposed to come up with your own thoughts. And I don't think people, people like want that. to be told what to think. And I wonder if it'll, and if, so that's why I took that out. Now I have, she said in which you could laugh in my face about that. Obviously like, has not really taken off, but I do think that's just like an incredibly watchable movie. And the more people I know who have seen it do really like it. And it just feels like a consensus mainstream kind of pick that depending on how it runs and how they kind of take it from here. Now it comes out on Friday could get in. I could easily see Tar getting back in. And I put Avatar in because I kind of was avoiding Black Panther and Avatar. And now that I've seen Black Panther and while I think it's good, I was like, I don't think it would get in. You know what I mean? Like, I think there's a better, I mean, Avatar might also not be good, but I think 
Black Panther to me has a lot of elements that would get in, but his best, best picture probably not going to take off. Avatar maybe could sneak in there. Um, yeah, I didn't put Black Panther in, like I said right. last week. Um, but, but yeah, the bottom. I, basically... I already had Avatar in before that. Um, um, like Tar, I think is fine. Like I agree. Like there are people who obviously are not going to get it, but mm-hmm. I think just with the way everything has unfolded and the fact that it is a hard ten. Like, I think it's fine. I have it in six. Like, I don't, like, it's, it, again, like, we talked about this a couple weeks ago. Like, no one is ever talking about it winning Best Picture. No. I and, like, it's going to have its, like, it's going to have its passionate supporters. And, it could, yeah. Like, that, like, I don't know if I would predict it in a field of five, but in a field of ten with us trying to figure out who's going to get the last three slots, like, why not? definitely why not and like i said i could easily see myself putting it back in my bottom three is avatar she said and elvis in descent and ascending order i have avatar in 10 she said in nine elvis in eight and also the thing is it's like even though like we tar is not craft heavy so it's not probably not going to get a lot of below the line nominations i think it should get into sound it it deserves to get into sound but that doesn't mean that people in those branches don't respect or love the work Fair. like they could be yeah. voting for it it's just not going to have enough votes to right. get in over something like Babylon for production right. design you know I think uh one movie I did you have do you still do you have Glass Onion in no I haven't put that back in okay. I love Glass Onion we'll talk about that next week we'll talk about it next week I I jumped Glass Onion way up on my list I don't have a winning obviously but I think that that is a major factor and I know people were like kind of poo-pooing it you know the general consensus or whatever but i was like i think that'll i actually think it could definitely get in and then the bottom three like i said i think elvis is pretty set babylon's in there seventh she said an avatar i could see being tar in the whale i mean like if there's any number of different ways this could go at the bottom like would not shock me if tar and the whale are in especially the whale um i i still have elvis in but i um can be easily persuaded to drop it i just haven't yeah i mean i really the only reason i have it in is for austin butler i mean i could easily swap that with the whale yeah (laughs) um for brendan fraser sure so because i already have colin in there with banshees um but i still have triangle of sadness in there just because hanging in (laughs) i would say the other problem and other thing i would say for a whale like i said i think I was just trying to, when we were watching, I was like, how would this play at a, at a home? I think it's also not a great screener movie, but maybe it would be. I don't um, know. Like, I just think it's one of those movies that people need to see in the theater. And if A24 continues to do a great job of getting people into screenings and events, that will help it go far to getting a Best Picture nomination. It, it's definitely not uh, watchable like Babylon is. Yeah, it's it's a it's a tough sit. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I can see if you're not into it, I can see you turning off the screener. So that's what I'm like. That's why the reason I don't have it in too for best picture because I'm just like, I don't know how it's gonna. How will people? If how are they watching it, and how does that factor into? I mean, it? I think you could. I think 
So I don't know. I, I think it, it might be a high priority screener because of just the buzz yes. around Brendan. Like, I want to see him in this role. Like, I've heard so much about it. He's playing this morbidly obese man. So I think it will be a high priority screener. So then, yeah, it's a matter of like, are they going to be into it? And is it going to be so hard to watch that they don't finish it? Right. Um, kind of like the the Till problem with like Daniel Deadweiler, maybe. Yeah. Um, but again, like maybe like, it's hard to watch for different reasons. <laughs> right. Uh, so Joyce, Emancipation, Apple's, they're bringing it on. And, uh, LA premiere, I think, is November 30th, perhaps. And then it's out in theaters. Can't wait for that big theatrical rollout on December 2nd. And then on Apple TV on December 9th. So on uh, Tuesday, there was a big Vanity Fair feature with Anton Fuqua. Uh, interesting way it was done because the, the writers, Chris Murphy, and he had basically said, like, the movie is almost impossible to watch if you'd read his lead. He's like, it's very violent and obviously, like, traumatic because of the violence of slavery and this and that. But, like, that's a conversation that Anton Fuqua was willing to have and, like, depicting those acts of violence and why it's important. And I thought that was, like, a really thoughtful conversation, but I was, like, kind of surprised already that we're, like, that he was willing to go there. I mean, that felt like, like, for one of the first interviews, I was just like, wow, that's really cool Anton Fuqua, at least, I thought, was like to, to take it, like to to engage in the conversation, which I think a lot of filmmakers would not have. Yeah, I mean, it's clear they have spent months since the Oscars figuring out how to unroll this movie. Yes. Um, and so I think it's, it, this is all obviously calculated and I don't mean that in a bad way. I think this is just, this is what you do. You, you strategize and you plan. So, and I think they're just trying to use Antoine and like have him almost be the face of the movie, like in addition to Will and get him out there ahead of all the inevitable reactions and takes about this movie and Will. <laughs> So I think that's why he he's done several interviews about this so right. far. So um, yeah, and, uh, and he mentioned and the, then like and then but yeah, like there were they, he was asked like why like why why do this now like you know just like so in the same year as the slap basically and he was just kind of like this story like needs to be told like and so that that's like the kind of the narrative they're going with it's like yeah, the slap was bad, but slavery was so much worse and we need to tell the story. He has a quote here about when he gets asked about Will and the slap. He says, I have nothing but amazing things to say about Will Smith, genuinely. You can ask anybody that worked on the movie. They'll tell you the same. Nicest person I've ever met. Chris Rock, I know Chris. Chris is a good guy too. This is Antoine Fuqua. I spent some time with Chris and I think it's an unfortunate event. I hope we can move forward and get past it. And then he says, but you've got to remember, uh, Will did a movie. The movie was supposed to end in October. But we didn't finish that movie until January because of a hurricane, the heat, COVID, a tornado, and 12 other things. It was just really crazy. It's really hard to release a character who's been brutalized and called the N-word every day, constantly every day, and still be the nicest person in the world, Fuqua said. That I know. So no excuses for anyone or anything. But I can say he's a good man. And I hope that the people can forgive him and that we can move forward. And I hope Chris and Will find a way to sit together publicly or privately or whatever and make amends. I think that would be an incredible statement. That's Antoine. That Fuqua. that quote uh, was incredible because I was just like, so this movie made him slap Chris Rock. And then uh, Will Smith does not answer, but he talks about like wanting to do the role. Uh, for me, the big takeaway, you know, you have Robert Richardson in the 
in your in your cinematography uh, nominees. It sounds like they are definitely focused on him because every answer in this uh, thing talks about Robert Richardson in a way that I've not seen a cinematographer get uh, so much like hype since like a Roger Deakins movie. So it feels like we're definitely like in trying to get another Roger Richardson. What about Bob? Like love Robert Richardson, obviously. Uh, incredible, like iconic cinematographer, but did the desaturation. So it's mostly black and white with like splashes of color here and there. Um, and yeah, like that's definitely like one of the angles. And I guess we'll see. I don't know. I don't have it in anywhere, this movie yet. Um, I don't know. Would you? So I think, I feel like if the slab hadn't happened and everything else, this current season played out the way it did i would probably have will in my five absolutely i mean especially the way it is there's not a lot of i mean i have like tom cruise the afterglow nomination yeah like, come on and i would have will in my top five for actor if this was just a regular thing and the slap didn't happen and whatever i would have will in for actor i would have fuqua in my like six to ten range for director i don't think he would get in but i think like this is definitely like his moment of like making a play for awards as a director, even though I think he's made like incredibly good movies. Like I really like Antoine Fuqua movies. He's like a great director, but not maybe taken as a seriously as an Oscar player, obviously in the past. But I think this would be like maybe the chance to get him in. I think it would be on the back end of the best picture range, sight unseen, but just because of the topic matter and the this the way obviously it doesn't shy away from the violence, I think would be like, like, I mean, like that whole interview is like about how traumatizing it is. I, I don't mean, know. It, if... This movie will also be a tough set. Right. So I'm like, I don't know if we get in for picture, but I think it would be like on the list. And then, you know, I don't know from there, maybe. In they the show more play, of, uh, they show Ben Foster in this trailer. <laughs> ben Foster was like, probably would be a person maybe to consider, but I don't think it would have gotten like, I don't feel like this. My personal opinion is that if none of this had happened, this movie just existed like without any of the baggage of like Will Smith slapping Chris Rock, it would not have been like a 10 to 12 Oscar nominations movie. Um, Probably not. I don't know. I mean, we haven't seen it. We so. haven't seen it. So it could be um, amazing. But yeah, I don't, I don't, just like from the, I don't know. I would feel like it would be like some of like it would get in different places, but I definitely would have Will in if it was not for the slap. Yeah. Um. So I don't even know where in my head I would have him right now. Cause I feel like, I think most people have the same four and then it's just like who you're going to put in the fifth slot. I mean, I've seen people put him in like, certainly. I, I don't blame you. Yeah. Um, and yeah, like you have Tom Cruise. I still have Hugh Jackman. There's Diego. Um, there's Paul Mescal, film Twitter's favorite. Um, I mean, I think Diego and Paul Mescal would be like really cool. And like Gabriel LaBelle would also be really cool. Yeah. But, um, and then I don't know who else is there. Like Jeremy Pope, maybe for inspection, but that doesn't really take it off. Into, like the the Paul group with me, right? Um, yeah, and then I guess Will. I <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. Like, um, but yeah, like I feel like he would this this would have been an easy afterglow nomination for him. Like I don't think he would have won back to back. No, but I think it would just been like wow like he it's it's sort of like you know he talked about this last year during the press for king richard like how like now he's in his 50s and everything and then he's just doing these different types of movies and stuff um and 
yeah so i i don't know we'll we'll see <laughs> we'll see uh joyce we could we could wrap here with some listener emails so you can email us and people are emailing us, which I am heartened by. And they're not- You get like another three emails. <laughs> yeah. And they're not like, go F yourself uh, or come send me $25,000 and help me, you know, uh, you know, spam. Uh, no. So we have a couple here I want to read. First one comes from David. He writes, hey, Joyce and Chris, it's David. Why do you think nobody is mentioning Timothy Chalamet for Bones and All for Best Actor? Your favorite movie. Do you think you will get in for Best Picture? Well, Bones and All comes out Friday, Joyce, uh, November 18th. They're on the cover of um, THR. Uh, So I've talked to like Luca Guadagnino for this movie. So I'm um, obviously in the tank for it. I uh, I just think the the graphic nature of the cannibalism would be a turn. If if the old man uh, who sat next to you was turned off by an elephant shitting on somebody, I can only imagine what he would say in the scene in Bones and All when Mark Rylance is like eating a woman who's dead. Uh, so I just don't think that. Uh... I have, so um, at the various screenings I've been to in the past month, uh, yeah. several people have talked about Bones and All just casual conversation yeah um and all of them have just been like holy shit like like some of them were like i was not prepared for that i thought i was gonna vomit (laughs) it's like i mean like it is definitely uh not for the faint of heart at the same time there's so i mean it's another movie that i think will like i think that movie will have a very long legacy and people will really remember it and like it but it's like for an awards voting, it's a tough sell, I think. So I thought in... about putting it into adapted. I have it in adapted. And um, I think I might do that actually. I don't know. I I thought I have not done it. Um, because but it that category is so open. So it would just, it would be like the cool nomination. Yeah. I have it in for adapted screen, but David could get because I'm gonna say it. I interviewed him and I still I've said his name wrong every single time. And I'll probably say it wrong yet. It's David could it's like mechanic, kaganic, kajanic. I'm sorry, David, uh, kajanic. Uh, but I have him in. I, I thought Timothy Chalamet is amazing in it. I really loved him. Uh, it's definitely a borderline performance because it's Taylor Russell's movie. She's like clearly the lead. I think I can make an argument that it would be, she. Uh, he's more realistic because the category is so uh, slim as we've discussed, but he won't get in. <laughs> and she would be, she's amazing in the movie but like best actress is like 10 deep with like some of the biggest heavy hitter actresses in, of the in the industry so i don't think she would get in obviously yeah. i see uh, and it luca, doing very i could see it doing well with like critics yeah so. i could see luca winning like a best director war from critics groups i mean like it's very much a auteur driven movie like it's so luca and i mean I it would think... be totally cool if somehow mark rylance got in for this movie when uh, everyone has been predicting him to get in since his win for all these other babyer movies. Yes. Uh, the other one I would think, uh, other thing that's possible is scorism. It's a Reznor Ross uh, joint. And you did not ori- know they did. I did not know they did it. And there's an original song uh, that's great. I could see it getting an original song, honestly, and score. I don't think those are like hard to imagine, but they are competing against themselves in score for Empire of Light, which is a much more traditional mainstream movie for awards voters, probably, and like a much more uh, um, uh, it's it's uh, easily digestible no pun intended that's it an easily digestible score honestly it's just like way more down the middle like the yeah. bones and all score is like much more it's like very melodic and then also like has an undercurrent of like evil basically 
Uh, so it's a good movie. It's like of the movies I've seen this year, that's one of the ones I've continued to think about. It's like like the I cannot get some of this stuff out of my brain, even if I wanted to. So I was just like, it is definitely like a a very well, good. Also the funny thing movie. is, it's like another one of the reactions to that I've uh, overheard, overheard at screenings. We should make that a hashtag. Um, like people also like confused about how it ends, and I'm, it's like not confusing i don't think it's not and you texted me that yesterday and i'm not we're not going to spoil it because it's not out yet but uh yes. the person who who you were talking about uh overhearing uh definitely did not watch the same movie i did <laughs> or just ending. like we're not p- paying attention but then like it's it's just yeah i mean these these are possible voters possible <laughs> at least in and, some like, capacity don't, uh, don't know what happened in the movie they're in a nom-com um, joyce wherever wherever they, that is uh, this person was not a nom-com uh because no no one said yes to that woman's question okay being in a nom-com, but i don't know what else they're voting for so like who knows but um yeah so i yeah that was i don't know they they, they didn't uh understand the ending i guess no <laughs> and and then uh the last one last one joyce we have here from uh grant who writes, I have a question for Joyce and Chris. Do you think Causeway's Brian Tyree Henry could be this year's stealth winner for Best Supporting Actor? Winner? Oh my gosh. I mean, you I know? would just be happy if he got in. I think so too. I, I don't think he could win because he would be a lone nominee, basically, like we yeah. talked about. Um. Yeah, like his, let's just concentrate on getting him in first. I feel like I let him down because I took him off and put Brad Pitt in. I mean, like, like look at this, you're- your Causeway love affair just last I love week. Causeway. Like two weeks. And I love yeah. Bullet Train. And they're both in Bullet Train, Joyce. Brian Tyree Henry and Brad Pitt. And they're great together in Bullet Train. Can't we just add another person in that category so you can get them all in? No, because I am not about that life. I hate, I already hate that Best Pictures at 10. Like, <laughs> I don't, I hate like the Emmys expanding everything, the proportion. Yeah, no, you're right. I mean, I like the exclusivity. It makes it hard. You have to make a choice. Yeah, it, it should be exclusive. And then, yeah, it is. No, I know. Yeah. Like, uh, like the Grammys with like 10 nominees. I'm like, oh, like, I'm like, why? No. Oh my God. No, too much, too much. Too much Seriously? nominees. Too much oh, movie, yeah. too much nominees. Um, but yeah, Brian, love him in Causeway. So, so good. good. He's so good. I'll put him back. Maybe I'll put him back in next week after I get off of Babylon train. Put Brian He's back in. Like I, you or know, put Eddie Redmayne back. Probably in. get some like critic stuff. And I'd be curious to see. We'll get like the first little. So like I think the Gotham Awards are the twenty eighth. Is that right? Uh, and he's nominated there. And obviously that's a combined category with uh, actors and actresses. And then we'll have New York Film Critics Circle after that and like start getting these critics groups. I definitely feel like some of my movement here will change based on that. Not that those groups are very reliable indicators, but like we said, if like Brian Tyree Henry wins a couple of like major critical prizes, I think he will be taken more seriously as a contender and people will like kind of seek that movie out more seriously, hopefully. Sure. But like, yeah, it doesn't ultimately doesn't really mean anything. Like it's great for these people to win stuff, but there could still just be the critical and industry. Right. But maybe the industry will pay attention, I guess is my point. I mean, I do like we've mentioned this before, like he does feel like someone they're just waiting to nominate. Yes. Somehow. Um, I don't know if this is the vehicle to get it done for him. Um, It's it's so small, um, but it's so good. So good. If you haven't watched Causeway after three weeks of us just like saying how you should watch Causeway, please watch it. You can watch it literally right you know, now. You know, the, the double nominees in this category should be him and Russell Harvard. Be really good. 
<laughs> never happened. Who's a better one scene, uh, one scene role? Oh my god, who are all the one scene wonders this year? Russell Harvard. I mean, Judd Hirsch has two scenes really. It's really like Judd Hirsch, Samantha Morton, and she said Samantha, Samantha Morton, Morton in, in the whale, in the whale, and like Russell. <laughs> There's really nobody in Babylon that has one scene. Like Gene, obviously, like we said, has more than one. Toby, I could say, we could put Toby in there. Oh, Anthony Hopkins in The Sun. And Toby. Yeah, Toby. Well, that's that's two scenes, really. It's like still one kind of one. There are two locations, but it really is one scene. (laughs) I don't don't know. I'm like, that should be a category. If we were doing new categories, that could uh, be. You know, since they already merged sound, we'll add this 24th category it would be good they're they're not gonna add stunts or casting or anything no they should add all of this i think uh joyce you could e- if you're watching this if you made it this far uh you could email us at slugfests at goldderby.com and we'll try to answer your questions next week joyce we're going to talk about glass onion loved it loved it can't wait to talk more about it uh but i guess we'll talk to you then we'll see you bye for all things hollywood competition and award season head to goldderby.com and follow us on social media at Gold Derby. It is Ryan here and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.